This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Leanne Townsend on the line. Leanne, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. You are an attorney, an entrepreneur, a mom. There's about 8,000 other things that you do too. Um, and we've known each other for a while. I mean, personal disclaimer, uh, I have utilized your legal services on a marital matter back in the day, but uh, you know, we've, we've talked quite a bit on a variety of different things. And I, I thought you'd be a perfect guest to bring on the show today to kind of talk about what's going on with COVID-19 and how to be an entrepreneur and an attorney and a mom and all of these things when you're doing all of those roles from the same two or three rooms instead of an office. So uh, tell us a little bit about the journey and, and, and some of the things that you're working on right now and some of these challenges that, that many of us are facing when it comes to working remotely and dealing with COVID-19. Uh, well, by way of background, I work at a, I guess I'd call it a boutique mid-sized firm in downtown Toronto. And um, the corporate, it's a very you know, corporate type of office. The, the general expectation is that FaceTime is important there. So you, you, know, you don't work from home, you work from the office. It's very team oriented. You work as part of a team. So you know, seeing people face to face and being in that environment is you know, considered very important. And so when COVID-19 hit and we all had to start working remotely, that was a, a huge change. You know, I've been working at home now for, you know, six or seven weeks, whatever it is. And I've been finding it challenging. Um, I mean, it's nice, you know, sitting in my pajamas some days all day and, you know, not having to brush my hair and things like that. But I I find that, first of all, as, as a lawyer, I deal with a lot of documents and, you know, things like that. And so the adjustment from having, you know, an office with multiple screens where I can have the physical files to you know being at home working off of a laptop that's been hard and i have two teenagers who you know have been with me and they have their needs at least they're not little children so they're certainly very independent but it's a distraction and i have dogs that you know are barking and so i've found that it's been a challenge um to make the adjustment and just the lack of routine has been hard. Like, as I say, like some days I'm literally in like yoga pants, you know, in a sweatshirt all day, no makeup, um, you know, looking a mess. And I feel like that affects, you know, how I feel generally, like I've been trying to get up earlier and make sure I, you know, dresses, I'm not going to dress as if I'm going to the office because I'm not going to sit around the house in a suit, but I just, I, I'm definitely feeling the lack of routine and structure and I'm looking for ways to, to get that back. Well, you're, your challenges are not unique to you. There's so many of us that are going through this because the change in routine that was thrown upon us as quickly as it was, it really happened quickly. It wasn't, and we knew about Corona. We saw what was going on in the world and we recognized that there was going to be some changes made in the U S and Canada and all over the planet, but it happened really fast. And all of a sudden we've gone from, many organizations that did not offer any type of remote options to that is your only option is going and working from home. And when everything is in the same place, 
you know, your, your home life, you know, cooking dinners and laundry and working with client files and working with a team, but you're not all in the same place. Everyone's scattered across the city or the globe for that matter. And you're trying to collaborate and workflows get completely thrown out the window because no one is used to working in this fashion. Even though on paper, from a system standpoint, it's like, well, we use computers anyway. And if we're not working with our teammates face-to-face all the time and we're, we're sending emails or getting on the phone, we can utilize that same technology now, but it is different. The pace of things are different. Your body, when you're home, normally thinks, okay, I'm at home. So I should be doing the things that I normally do at home. And when we don't do that and we're fully working on things, it, it throws us off. It, it, it confuses our brain, quite frankly. And, and with sleep patterns and whatnot, and I know a lot of people, are, are their sleep patterns are thrown off quite a bit. And that's because, again, your body's going, what in the world are you doing to me? This is different. Everything has changed. Why are we doing all of these things? that we weren't normally doing before. So uh, it, one, I always tell people, don't beat yourself up because what you're doing to your body through all of these changes is not a typical normal situation. It's a huge shift for many of us. So you have to kind of give yourself permission to be okay and to be fumbling around a little bit and figure out a routine now. But as I tell people and a lot of things that I've been talking about on the different speaker events that I'm doing virtually now is there will be a time when we will be returning to work and that adjustment period back is going to be, I hate to use the word entertaining, but it's going (laughs) to be because we are all going to look like a bunch of toddlers that are learning to walk the first time going back into our office, which is our office or our desk. Everything's going to be pretty much the way it was when we left uh, for some places, they may have some St. Patrick's Day decorations still up. Who knows? Uh, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be going back into a routine that you did before, and it's going to feel really strange because you're not in that rhythm of doing things. So I'm, I'm guessing you know, that's going to be a huge concern for you and, and you know, the other partners and people that work at your firm and across every sector. It's going to be an adjustment, I think, when, when you go back. Have you, have you thought about that a bit and, and you know, what that's going to look like? For sure. Um, I mean, I jokingly say I need two weeks notice just for the adjustment to try and you know, start getting to bed earlier again so I can get up earlier and you know, adjust some of those patterns. So I, I think it will be a challenge. And I, I also... I'm wondering whether um, or questioning how things, I don't think things are going to return to, you know, exactly the way that they were before all of this happened. So I think there's going to be a new normal. Um, And in the case of my profession, uh, you know, the legal profession has been, you know, behind technologically, you know, we're, we're just kind of a very traditional old school profession. And so, we haven't embraced technology the way that you know most businesses have and whatnot. So when this when this happened, we were so not ready. And I mean, I'm fairly fortunate. I'm I'm decent on tech. You know, I was very, I'm very familiar with Zoom and technology, and I do a lot of social media and online stuff. So I had a, a leg up on a lot of other attorneys just because I was already using that. 
But what I think is interesting is, you know, I knew of lawyers who did, had no idea how to use Zoom when this happened. And, you know, now they're all like everything's on Zoom. Um, and, you know, the courts right now, because we're doing the, the it's Zoom or teleconferencing, different things. Even, you know, the judges as well have had to embrace this technology. And what we're finding is it's been very efficient. Um, you know, the courts are only hearing emergency matters, but they're doing it. And it's, it's much more efficient than actually when people have live court appearances and you have to pay your lawyer to drive, you know, for half an hour or 45 minutes to get to court and they sit around all day. Now it's, it's a call. There's no travel time. There's a designated time and people aren't sitting around all day. So I'm kind of thinking that there's, some of these changes are positive and I expect that there will be some changes, permanent changes in use of technology in places where it, it wasn't being used before, um, certainly in my profession. And so I guess that's maybe a positive that's come out of this is I think that uh, we've had to learn and embrace these things. And while I, you know, am looking forward to just, you know, getting back to being in the office and being able to go other places, of course, as well, I do think it's not going to, you know, go back to the way it was before all of this began. I agree. There's going to be a lot of industries and legal is definitely one where I see certain types of cases that, of course, in, in law, there's you know, a mixture. You could go into court and have a criminal case or a criminal hearing or marital matters or a, a mix of things on a given day. But there's going to be certain things that I would think that if they virtualize it and they say, okay, a court hearing is by Zoom. It's at 1130 on Thursday, the 26th of whatever. And that's the time. It, what it does is it opens things up for freeing up a courtroom for other cases that can't be virtualized. So I do yes. anticipate that there would be one, you know, an increase in hires as far as magistrates and judges and whatnot to be able to work on these cases, or potentially you might even have uh, some judges that, that stick around a little bit longer, maybe not retire as early and say, I'm just going to work on virtual cases. They can do it from, you know, their own home if they wanted, uh, which is what they're doing now in many cases. And it, again, I think it could has the potential of streamlining some things and getting through a lot of the backlogs, because I know this is the case, and that, you know, especially now with, with the situation, there's a huge backlog of cases. And depending on you know what part of the world you're in, there are some where you just wait forever for a trial date or a review date. And again, adding these additional options to virtualize it and using the example you provided – this is the time instead of you sitting you know, on University Avenue all day uh, for a case in a hearing that would take 45 minutes, if it's scheduled and it actually takes place within a few minutes of that time, all of a sudden that allows you to maybe address a few more cases during the day because it's you know, usually you can probably do that, you know, especially if it's a quick hearing. Again, it just I see efficiencies with doing this not to replace, but to enhance. And again, I think creating access to all kinds of different things by using technology makes a lot of sense. And I've talked with people about this and the one industry I think that may have a bit of an adjustment besides retail and restaurants from this, 
it might be commercial real estate because a yeah. lot of organizations are going to look at and say, you know what, we've just ran our organization for a few weeks or a few months completely virtually. We didn't have to have people go into a physical office and we still accomplished what we needed to do. By doing I totally that, agree. Um, yeah. I, 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 like I know what I, I've had this conversation with a senior partner at my firm um, because I know, you know, a lot of these law firms, you know, big firms, they have very expensive real estate, um, you know, in, in, in downtown Toronto or whatever city and you know, huge overhead, fixed costs. And they're realizing that, hey, we actually don't need to have all this overhead to function the same way. Now we're still going to, you know, need meeting rooms and, you know, for when we need to meet clients in person or swear affidavits and things like that. But what I foresee happening is more law firms kind of sharing a space, you know, where there's certain, you know, rooms or whatever that people can book like this. I mean, this is done in a lot of workspaces, you know, now, but the legal profession has really not embraced it so much. And I just see that as being a huge thing. I think commercial real estate is, um, you know, probably going to take a huge hit once, you know, all these leases start coming due and people and firms and companies realize that they don't need to have this space and they can save huge money and become much more profitable or put the, the savings towards other, you know, things uh, to, to build their business. And, uh, you know, I really see a lot of that happening. And the nonprofit sector, I think, is one area too, because they struggle with the fund. Well, everybody struggles with funding. It doesn't matter if you're for profit or not. Um, you, you have to get revenue in to cover cost, and and rental and real estate is one of the biggest costs we face. So I do see potentially for some nonprofits that have been virtualizing over the past couple of months. There's definitely opportunity for them to look at it and go, okay, how do we do this? But ultimately, it comes down to, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier, and I don't think it's necessarily uh, the situation you're dealing with, but there are some organizations that, as you mentioned, like the FaceTime. They want to see people face-to-face. They, they want to see people at their desks working. And it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic changes if it does for organizations saying, okay, now that we've been able to work remotely for a few weeks or a few months, the work was still getting done. Now, can can we ease up off of the micromanaging? And I'm not saying your firm is that, I don't want to get you in trouble on anything. No, and they're definitely not. They're not that way. Like they're not micromanaging, but they do like you to to be in having the FaceTime. Yeah. So I see a lot of organizations that unfortunately do micromanage and I'm hopeful that we'll see the realization um, from organizations and ownership to say, wait, we still got work done, even though they weren't there. Now, there's going to be some employees that, uh, using a quote, went to Canada Post or the U.S. Post Office and bought some stamps because they've been mailing it in for weeks. And though that's what you deal with. You, you, you deal with it from a performance standpoint. Say, okay, during this time, this employer, this group of employees really didn't do anything during this time period and you know the organization can address that accordingly with performance measures and whatnot but i think for the most part from everything that i'm hearing many organizations the work is being done and i think one of the things that doesn't get highlighted as much as it should right now yes we hear about the frontline people and then and 
healthcare workers and doing all great jobs uh, to help navigate people through this thing. But there's a lot of organizations just like yours that are navigating around and getting things done in uncharted waters that we've never faced before, but we're still getting things done. We've been able to navigate around it, be agile, pivot when we need to. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for people and organizations to look and say, okay, we did all of these things and we accomplished everything we did in, let's say, 10 less steps than we were before. What can we learn from this and apply to future ways that we do our jobs? And I, I really hope that organizations really take a look at it and just instead of just, okay, everybody back to work. Uh, because it would be a lost opportunity to look at those things and lessons learned on how we how we've done things. I agree. I mean, I think it is a great learning opportunity for some positive changes and positive, you know, adaptions or adapt, adaptations to uh, you know the work environment. And what I find amazing, and you touched on this earlier, is like a, in a lot of cases, this was just done you know, in 24 hours or, you know, it was so fast and so rapid that, you know, all of a sudden everyone had to work remotely. Um, it's actually quite impressive how quickly organizations were able to adapt when they had to. So, you know, as the, as time goes on and they get the bugs out, you know, more and more, it gives, you know, opportunities for even more efficiencies and, and, you know, more opportunities to find creative ways to, to do things you know, remotely and, and not have the same overhead and fixed costs and, you know, use, embrace the technology as a positive thing. And I, I like, I do see that happening, although it'll be interesting. I mean, there, there'll probably be some organizations that, you know, just kind of try to return to, you know, the normal, or, you know, where they, they don't really want to embrace the technology, even though they had to right now. But I do think the courts will, I, I do, I don't think that, the rapid use of technology that's happened over the last seven weeks is going to, you know, cease altogether once the courts reopen. That's my hope is again, the courts and all kinds of organizations that have rapidly rolled out this remote access and remote working. will take a look at it because I, there are efficiencies to it. And am I saying that they could, completely virtualize the organization? It depends. It depends on the organization. There are some that that would never make any sense to completely virtualize it, but maybe a couple days a week, uh, depending on what they do, uh, could make a big difference. And again, from a real estate standpoint, they could look at it and say, okay, instead of having an office where we need 30 desks, maybe we only need 10. Well, then they can look at downsizing, although you know this from the downtown Toronto core, you know, finding office space that's 4,000 square feet or less is not an easy thing to do. But we may see shifts in this where there may be more opportunities where they say, okay, we're going to create these smaller footprints because that's what is in demand right now. It's, it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how all of this unfolds and it's happening before our eyes and, you know, being someone that, you know, pays somewhat attention to history, you know, what we're going through right now 
is a historic moment. It this is something that we will, you know, generations will look back at this time and say, "Wow, this is when this changed, or this is when this initiative started happening." And as much as I don't want to be part of history, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely interesting to be living through these times and and looking for those opportunities to make things a little bit better when when we come out of all of this. Definitely. I mean, what, one of the things I've found challenging as a, you know, an entrepreneur or just, I guess, as a professional is I generally like my, my home space to be my home space so that when I come home, it's a relaxing to me because I don't generally work at home. And of course, now what, you know, one of the big changes I've noticed is, um, you know, I always feel like, oh my God, I've got work to do. So even if it's nine o'clock at night, work is still hanging over me in a different way. And so it, it, what I foresee as well is if, you know, if we do move more in this direction and more people end up working from home because organizations realize that, you know, hey, the work is getting done, I, I wonder whether we are going to see a lot more burnout from people because it is, it's more, it's more challenging to have those boundaries in place between, you know, work life and home life when it's all happening in the same space. And you're, you know, you work a few hours and then you're, you know, making a meal for your kids or walking the dog or, you know, these sorts of things. And then you got to switch back into work mode again for a while. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding that the boundaries have been a challenge. It was easier for me when I went down to the office, you know, every day from, you know, 8.30 to 7 or whatever my day looked like than it is now. So I, I foresee like some mental health issues and burnout and, and stress levels rising if we do end up going more in this direction. I agree and I'm already seeing it in a lot of people because those boundaries around your workday gets blurred when everything is in the same place. And as an entrepreneur, you know, that you know, works. You know, I have a downtown office, and of course, I work from home a lot. I I literally have to either shut down the laptop or step away from where I'm working and and not blend the two because I see a lot of people will will do some work. They'll grab a laptop, a very portable device, and instead of I'm going to sit on the balcony or on my patio or I'm going to sit in bed and wherever and and do work. But again, that blurs lines where it's like, no, that's would you work in bed at the office? Well, depending <laughs> on depending on your profession, maybe, but I'm not going to go down that road. But depending on you know, what you do, you wouldn't normally do that. So it it confuses our brains because we're thinking, wait a minute, this is bed, this is bedroom things, and this is kitchen table. This is where we eat. Why am I working here? This is couch. This is leisure time or reading or watching television, and we're doing work. And it, it tends to confuse us subconsciously. It, it, you know, from a conscious level, we're like, we're just working, and we happen to be sitting on the couch. Not a big deal. But subconsciously, our, our brain is like, wait a minute. I should be doing leisure, and I'm working. So it it does throw things off for people, and I always recommend them to try to minimize, you know, that type of situation if you can. Have a dedicated work area and to get dedicated time around when you work. You know, when would you be working if you went to the office? Try to stick to that. Now, having said that, again, one of the things that I'm hopeful with this working from home reality that could happen is life happens. 
there's going to be things that you need to do during the day between that nine to five window that oftentimes you can't do after hours. So that could be, I want to say laundry, but a doctor appointment if you're a caregiver taking somebody. So those are things you would normally do during the day. And before, people unfortunately would have to take a full day off of work or at least a half a day to go deal with this appointment or personal matter. Where now, if you're working from home, there's a little bit more flexibility, depending again on the role, where you might be able to take a couple hours and do something during the day and then go back to work and do the work later on in the evening. It's it's a harmony type of thing. And unfortunately, too many of us, you know, especially the ones that are driven and we're really good at what we do, we lose track of time. And we look up and like, wow, it's 8.30 at night. I've been working on this project since 4.30. You know, like, oh, I, I guess I should make dinner now. You know, it's, we, we get lost in our work. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where I know a lot of people struggle with it. And I, I tell people an egg timer might be the best investment you can ever make is just set a timer. It's okay, now I need to take a break, pause, and do whatever you need to do. And it's it's a struggle for a lot of people. So you're not alone with that. And as, as if more and more people start working remotely long term, uh, there's definitely a lot of tips and things you can do to kind of shape it a little bit better so you don't burn yourself out um, from work because it happens innocently. But over time, it, it definitely creeps up. Yeah. And even the challenge from switching from like my work, my type of work, it's, it's intense. You know, you, you're, if you're focused, you have to be on your A game. And, you know, when I'm at work, I'm in a more sort of intense, you know, not relaxed mood. And so I find just switching gears in my home, you know, okay, I'm intense because I'm on, you know, a call with a client or I'm in a mediation online or, you know, whatever it might be. And then, I have to just switch it off like that because it's, you know, I'm now my kids, I'm having a few minutes with my kids and then, I, but then I got to go back into that mode again. I find just the switching back and forth even is, is a challenge. But again, like anything, whether it's a business, an individual, like those who are best able to manage change and transform are the ones who are going to, you know, thrive. And so, you know, I think we all have to adapt to all of this, as, you know, as best we can because it's only in our interest to do so. Completely agree. Leanne, I always enjoy talking with you. Where can people find out about you and the this awesome work you're doing, not just from the legal standpoint, and we didn't really dive in too much to your entrepreneurial efforts, but you've got your own show, clothing line, all these things. So, you know, where would you like people to, to check you out? Uh, they can find me on my website, which is www.leannetownsend.ca. And you can find links there to my law firm, my social media, and, and all of that, where you can see everything that I'm doing. I have a new podcast myself that's come out called Divorcing Well. So you can find the link to that on my website and subscribe if it's something that interests you. And uh, But everything's there. Awesome. And I'll have that in the show notes. And I've been on the show. It's a great show. So I yeah. highly encourage everybody to subscribe. Uh, great lessons in there. So Leanne, always appreciate talking to you and uh, love the work that you're doing and the impact you're making in the world. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. 
If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.